Yeah, go ahead. Welcome to the Inebriated Debris, coming to you live from the Peach State Bunker Studio. I'm here again with uh, my good friend, Sean Wilson. You there, What's buddy? What's up there, Ralph? There he is, there he is. I yes, am uh, your, your host, Martin Wilson, and today we also have our guest, uh, Staff Sergeant Josh Underwood. How you doing? doing Thanks well. for having me. Doing well, man, doing well. Well, I guess we're back and rolling, man. So uh, just to kick this off a little bit with the with the north-south fiasco here, we got uh, Boston taking on the Hawks today, and once again, the Hawks are being slapped out of the court. So it looks... Yeah, they're only they're only down nine right now, oh, going they, into the fourth. They coming back that bad? Yeah, a little bit, but we'll see. I saw twenty earlier, so yeah, okay, they're battling. They were supposed to be they were supposed to be better this year than they were last year. Now they're, they're terrible. Well, I mean, they're actually in the playoff this year. I think they I think they got eliminated in the damn the play play in, play in yeah, yeah. So yeah, hey, look, we're we're two games we're two games better right now. So. <laughs> Yeah, but is. they picked up someone, didn't they? Pick up like DeJounte uh, Murray, dude from uh, Spurs. Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to be the you know kind of get get them to that next level, but clearly not, huh? Well, I guess not, man. And and you know they fired their coach, um, and they picked up Quinn Snyder, who could be interesting, but I mean, obviously he only had like twenty games to work with him, so whatever he's trying to implement isn't going to really flow immediately. So I don't know. We'll see, man. It's you know, it is what it is. <laughs> well, you know, you can re- yeah, you this is prime time cup season for me, buddy. We got Bruins, we got Celtics playoffs, dude. We got all set here, man. Bruins are uh Bruins are pretty nasty this year. So I'm guessing he's from Oh my goodness. Season. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's from he's from the Bean. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, well you can't miss that. <laughs> you can't miss that. Josh, you got a you got a team? Yeah. Uh well, uh I'm a baseball fan. Okay. So I love the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. I grew up here. So I hear that. Atlanta Braves all the way. And then where are you I, from, Josh? I'm I'm from right here. Uh matter of fact, I grew up directly across Way Green Road from where your house is. Okay. So nice. uh Village Green is the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're and talking about. I used to go to Josh Powell's day camp when I was really yeah. okay. All yeah. Right. So we would go around the block basically and go to Josh Powell's day camp and spend weeks there. So you know what's funny is I, you know, driving past that all the time. Like I, cl- I obviously you know it's a day camp because it says it. Yeah. And I see the little pond out there with canoes and shit, but I'm like, what the hell do they do there, man? Dude, it was amazing. I loved it. We played tether. What ball. did they do there? Uh, so we would we would uh, play tether ball. Was was the big thing, and I was that was like, I love playing the bigger kids. Yeah. I was always little, and so I love playing the bigger kids, and I would I would wail on them, <laughs> and. <laughs> Dude, it, it, you get you get just a rhythm, and yeah. Then, uh, so we played tetherball a lot, uh, canoed around the, the little pond or the little lake or whatever. There's uh, archery lessons, and I mean it's what like That's it's sick, like dude. an '80s day camp. What you would expect. Well, you know it looks like it. And well, yeah. even when you drive past now, like it's got that like Camp Onawana feel to yeah, it. You it know, does. Like, tucked off in the back, and I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, dude, we we had a blast. <laughs> and the other thing, every single day, we watched the Never Ending Story. That's Not hysterical. the whole thing, yeah. but like you would watch twenty minute excerpts every single day, every year. Like that was the only movie they ever played there. <laughs> it was so weird. And, and I mean, at and that time, it was VHS. It for was. Sure. Oh, 100%, that's why because they couldn't yeah. rewind that oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> they just left. They paused. <laughs> they they, pro- yeah, they probably did have a machine that didn't have a rewind button. Like, oh yeah. So, but uh, good yeah, time. I mean, it's uh, 
to this day, I don't, I won't watch Never Ending Story, but I have such fond memories of it. That's cool. You know what I mean? That's cool. Sean, did you ever go to like a day camp or anything? Yeah, me and my brothers went to like a summer camp. You know, just dicking around, manhunt, wiffle ball, dodgeball, dude, boxing, flag football. You were at all, big, all sorts of random you were at shit. Big you know, Bob's uh, Big Bob's summer camp, dude. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> dropped me off to another summer camp. Yeah. Oh man, which was great. It was actually a good time over the summer because me and my brothers were there together, and then a couple of my cousins went too. So we were just playing sports all day, you know. See, that's cool. I didn't do a ton of uh, so. I mean, I played sports. It wasn't like growing up, but I it wasn't like an overnight camp or anything. But where yeah, I didn't you, do. Where'd you grow up? Here, yeah, uh, Marietta. Okay, where'd you go to school? Uh, Osborne. Osborne. Okay, yeah. you're younger than me though by probably a handful of years. I guess I'm forty. Okay. I'm forty two. I'm about to be forty three. Thirty seven. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, like I said, played sports growing up. Um, I don't really remember doing summer camps, but I did at one point. Obviously, enter like Cub Scouts and then Boy Scouts. So yeah, did a ton of camps and stuff, and like all these like camping and all this kind of stuff. Like in in that time, yeah. Which some of that was pretty neat. Some of it was awful. I like I absolutely hated hated the Boy Scout uniform. Like it just it was so yeah. like. <laughs> And, it, and, like, it was just, like, everything about it. And it was like, just a good reason to get made fun dude, of. Dude, it's, awful, it's definitely not awful. a lady grabber. It's not, dude. Like, and that's like, oh, it's a uniform. I'm like, dude, this is this is literally baby <laughs> shit green olive whatever pants. With a neckerchief. With this khaki, to khaki freaking shirt and a neckerchief. Yeah. And got all these colorful ass. But, dude, come on. Oh, man. it's terrible. Dude. Like, oh, it's so bad, we used dude. To have to, I dude. mean, honestly, that, that stuff you learn is actually pretty awesome. You know, oh, it's dude, it useful sick. shit. It was and sick. then, it, but but you got to run back to your boys who are fucking playing, you know, uh, pick up hoops game in your little fucking uniform. They're like, screw loser. I'm in, I, dude. I'm in the backseat of the car trying to like change before they can see me. Kind of yeah. do, you know, like tucking off the. <laughs> dude, the worst part about it is that like when you travel, like you travel in uniform too. So, dude. We oh did, yeah. We, dude, we did a trip, uh, and this was one of the coolest trips Oof. we had to go on. Um, because you had once you were in the scouts, you had to get. You had to get a certain rank, and then you had to get a, um, you had to have certain requirements to go on the, oh man, what do they call these trips? Um, whatever, I'll, I'll think about it. It'll pop to me. But anyways, you went on these like more like bigger kid type trips, and they would only take roughly six to six to ten kids total. Mm -hmm. And um, this one, we went up to Canada, and we were going to Canada for I think the whole trip was like ten to fourteen days, including travel up. But we were uh, canoeing across like the great northern tier of Canada. So I don't remember how old I was for this. I think like, roughly roughly 13, 14, but um we drove wow. all the so way. You were, you, so you can remember this. You were a teenager. Oh yeah, yeah. So it must have been a good good memory. Oh, dude, man. It was it was and honestly the only thing I would say this is like I wish I was actually a little bit older to enjoy it just because it was like the mm -hmm. scenery was incredible. But we literally like we drove three days, I think, because they did like stops, you know. I mean, so, so, so you're telling me little you little Martin Wilson didn't bring his nips, his uh, eighth, and his mushrooms? Oh no, not 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 on that trip. You know what? There probably were a couple of guys on the little bit older ones, like the 16, 17. They were probably popping a couple of them them bad boys. But um, dude, drove all the way up. I never drove all the way up, dude, in a fifteen passenger van, dude. Like eight of us and the, like eight kids, like two or three adults, dude. Just Awful, you know. I mean, we're bullshitting, playing cards. Dude, you had to hold on, hold on. You didn't wear, you didn't wear this uniform the entire car ride, did you? Oh uh, yeah. 
Oh my god! <laughs> so like we'd stop, you know, you'd stop in hotels, you change outs, and then like you get back. And um, yeah, dude, awful. But anyway, so we go on this trip. Now, once we got to the trip, we didn't have to wear, you know, you weren't wearing it while kayaking. You actually got in like hiking clothes and stuff like that. But um, it is dope. So I'd never flown at this point. So the first flight I ever took in my life was on a watercraft beaver. Oh, that's pretty. Dope. Like so it was dope, but I was also nice. like, holy shit, dude! Like the first. First plane I'm on like takes off and lands on water. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Um, that's pretty awesome, dude. It was, it was, and honestly, you know, th- the flight itself was just dope. Looking at the scenery, but oh, yeah. um, that trip, man. Like, I mean, literally, we we would just canoe these rivers and lakes and stuff, and then you get to what they call like portage trails, where you had to get off with a canoe, <laughs> bro. And you yeah, literally you, you had this you had canoe. this yeah you had this little d- adapter that sat right over the center of it that sat on your shoulders. And you grabbed like, everybody that's in. You got like three people to a canoe. Everybody, you know, the two guys grabbed a bag, and the one guy grabbed a canoe, and y'all like humped this thing through these trails. And some of them would be like a hundred yards, some of them would be like a mile and a half. And then others were like, you would literally <laughs> like they were long enough where like that was your your stop post. So like you'd hump this thing out, you know, a mile into the woods, set camp. You would you know spend the night there, and then, and then carry it right and then back. carry well finish out your trail the next you know the next morning. <laughs> So you, we did that for I don't know five six seven days something like that and it was it was really cool uh, you know we we brought some food with us but like we legit you, we fished for like protein yeah like that was the only way you were getting you know other than maybe having like you know like the the Vienna sausages or a little bit of like whatever like meat you could lightly pack yeah so this is all uh, this is all good stuff to be doing as a team like, I mean was, if it, if it wasn't for those god awful uniforms and being tortured it, by your buddies yeah, I think dude. every kid should be doing that shit. Dude, if I could rock a T-shirt and some cargo Josh, shorts and do this shit, I got four. I have four daughters. Ooh, yeah. Any of them? Any of them doing anything like that? No, they're all dancers. So okay. They do uh, like they they range in age. So my oldest is eighteen. She, uh, I had her actually when I was stationed at Aviano Air Base in Italy. Okay. Um, and she's from my with first, an Italian girl. No. <laughs> Technically, no, with a crazy girl. Yeah, so you didn't go over there and ma- marry, a, yeah, marry a chick from Italy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Technically, she's uh, Italian. But yeah. no, she was not an Italian girl. She was a crazy woman. Uh, okay, from yeah. back home or something? Yes. So, ah, and um, you flew her out to Italy? Shame, 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 dude. Uh, well, we we had we were married at the time. You still flew her out. Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so... Uh, after I got out of the Air Force, her, her mom and I separated. And uh, a couple years later is when I met my, I didn't meet her. I had already known my current wife. We just, we reconnected. We were actually stationed at Fort Meade together. Okay. And then uh, after a couple of years of separation and, and going through the divorce and all that kind of stuff, I uh, saw her on Facebook. I was talking to one of my, one of my buddies uh, from, uh, tech school at, at Fort Meade and I saw that they were they were friends on Facebook and so I hit her up because she, she and I were always cool we we liked hanging out and nice um so I hit her up and then we ended up talking on the phone and then she came up to visit a few weeks later and she was supposed to come up for a weekend and she ended up staying for like a nine days or something like seven days nine days put that so, magic on her man nice so, so, yeah. so that's so that's how you got the rest of your kids yep yep they all they all started Showing up shortly after that, so it's um, amazing how that happens. Yeah, so they go from eighteen. I have one that's nine. That'll be ten in July. 
I have one that just turned six and one that is four that, uh, I mean, her and her, her the six-year-old and the four-year-old are like not, they're not really two years apart. Gotcha. Like 18, 19 months apart. Okay. Like that. So they were pretty close to being those Irish twins. Get Busy there. man. Yeah. Well, the fourth one was not on purpose. We had just talked about having a surgery to prevent these things from happening. Uh, but I wouldn't change it for the world. She is a spitfire, and she's she's amazing. So That's because she knew she wasn't supposed to be here. She's <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going so to make the most out of this. I'm going to make the most out of this. Oh, yeah. Y'all didn't want me here? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's cool, dude. Yeah, no, you said, so, I mean, going back to it, dude, it, it was um, – it was a really cool time. I mean, did a lot of, like, really fun. Thanks to did summer camps, dude. Like, got to go, like, rappelling and, like, zip lining and, and did archery and shooting and all this crazy stuff, like, at the summer camps. Like I said, man, just that, that you because, like, anything that we did. So, another thing we did, we ushered Georgia Tech football games. So, in we, we in, oh, yeah. So, like, we would go, and all you did was stand there and just point people. Like, Ralph, we're, you we're keep forgetting that you had to wear that uniform this whole time. I, dude, I everything know. you're saying, everything you're saying, just picture yourself oh, dude, in that uniform. Tr- trust me, I am not forgetting because it's ingrained. I'm, I'm, like, you know I'm picturing cool all this. this. I'm, I'm picturing you. That. I'm picturing you ushering away. You're cooking your little Vienna sausages. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Shit's killing me. <laughs> well, I'm such a sports head, you know. Like, I'm sitting there, like, I'm supposed to be, like, showing people to their seats at tech games, and I'm, like, watching the game, standing there in this just oh, dumbass yeah. uniform. Like, eh, well. And so then, like, it was kind of it was kind of cool to do those. Like I said, sucked wearing the uniform, but then, like, halfway through the third quarter, you didn't have to usher anymore. Like, so that was, like, the kind of gig. Yeah. Is that, like, then you could sit down for the, the, half, the rest of the third and then the full fourth quarter and actually watch, watch the, game. the game. Yeah. So that you said it was cool. Like I said, it was that damn, that damn uniform, bro. <laughs> so, Josh, I think Marty thinks there's going to be a bunch of twelve-year-olds listening to this podcast. Just Marty's just oh, full-blown yeah. advertising right now. <laughs> He's like, listen, you're you're like a recruiter. You're recruiting right now, dude. Well, Trust me. Hey. If I could be thirteen again, I go, I go right now, Marty. I promise. I'm gonna tell you what. It's probably <laughs> it, it, look going into the scouts right now is probably the best move because they've made them co-ed. You know how dangerous that shit would have been? Oh, dude. I'm thinking, if I was in coke, bro. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Bro, you start throwing a couple. Oh, uh, yeah, especially as a little 13-year-old yeah. asshole. You uh-huh. just run around like a little pervert. Yep. Yeah, dude, dude you got, you're 13, man. That thing stays Well, not for oh, nothing. I mean, dude, supposedly the, the fucking, what do they call these Cub Scout commander guys? The troop leaders. What was it? So the troop, dude, I heard these troop leaders were worse than the Catholic Church. I don't know about that. As far that. as being diddlers. <laughs> I, I don't Bro, know about worse it's than. coming. Out, it's all been coming out. I'm just trying to protect my Catholic religion for a second. <laughs> well, look, look, that thing's been tarnished a yeah, long, long it. time ago. No, no, there were definitely reports that came <laughs> yeah. out about the Scout stuff. Um, I don't know if it's on the, the rampant level of the Catholic Church, but... There's no, no, there's no, cre- it's, there's it's, no, no I, was, I was fucking around. But, but dude, I, there was, there's some documentary... It, since you are recruiting and you should know this anyways, there's a documentary about it and it's either on Hulu or something, but w- dude, watch it. And it's fucking alarming. How many of these little troop leaders, I mean, just imagine, I mean, I'm sure you can't remember now, but I'm sure there were some troop leaders who didn't even have fucking kids involved in this shit. It's fucking strange. Uh, no dude, every, well, that's the thing. Every troop leader, except for our head troop leader, or the head scoutmaster, like, literally had kids there. And that dude was, like, 80 years old. 
and barely functioning. <laughs> like every every other guy, every other like every other dude that was there that was considered they, a troop leader had legitimately kids had kids, yeah. one or two kids in the actual troop themselves. So yeah, man. Look, creeps come in all all shapes and sizes. Can man. you imagine being the kid whose dad was the diddler? Even and like, yeah, dude. And then it like you had to go back. Oh to the man, scouts. dude. He's not allowed there anymore. But you're still a tr- you're still one of the Boy Scouts. And yep. So you got to go there, hang out with your buddies. Say, sorry, my dad diddled you. You know what I mean? That's like, d- dude. I'm sh- I'm sure that happened at some point. Like I'm telling you, buddy, watch that documentary. Report back to me as I'll the, check the it out, dude. Personal recruiter. So on that note, right there, I man. Appreciate in, that. In, uh, in college, dude. Well, in in you know in school. My undergrad, uh, one of the girls that was in my classroom, like, knew her literally for, like, a year and a half. Uh, I, I wouldn't say, like, good friends. I mean, but, like, acquaintances talked and stuff like that in class. But her mom was one of the head, like, like chair people for the university. Mm-hmm. And her dad uh, ended up, I don't know if he was already down or, or moved down. They were from, like, Ohio or something like that, uh, Michigan, Ohio area. Moved down. And he was he became uh the school just had just instated a wrestling program so he became the head coach uh of the wrestling team and if and, and maybe I'm maybe one head coach he was like the one of the like the like i don't know like assistants i like so anyway he was pretty big with the with the wrestling program getting it going and um but i'll never forget we had a a class where like you had to like do a training for one of our exercise science classes and so you had to bring in an exercise well she brought her dad in and like he did like martial arts mm-hmm and I shit you not, man. The first time I met him, like, I was just like, ah, dude gives me the creeps. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, just kind of give, you know, I usually got a kind of good read. But I was like, just kind of gave me the vibe. But I'm like, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm like, it is what it is. Like, he's just kind of weird to me. Dude, three years later comes out. So not only was he, um, you know, head coach or whatever he was for, for our, like, university wrestling team, he, uh, he had been working with junior programs. Well, this kid ended up getting caught texting a couple kids down here and i guess he was messing around with a couple kids down here uh like 10 11 year old or something like that got caught messing with him well come to find out he was on the run from ohio with like three or four more of the same exact charges now down here i don't think he actually did anything i think it was like in the process like the mom caught the text and stuff like that and reported it up there the act actually happened Mm. so this dude so like obviously as far as i know the family didn't know but so this dude's daughter is literally like knew her, you know, for a year and a half. Right. You know, and like moved his whole family down. His dude, his mom had to resign. And Wait, then if I'm not mis- or her mom had to resign. Was it? Life University. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So crazy, man. Like it, it all came, and, and, and like I say it like that because, you know, it's unfortunate for the kids. But like I said, I picked it up, man. Like that first time I ever met him, I was like, eh, just something off about him. Like yeah. it just wasn't like I, I was just like, dude, like whatever, man, do your thing. But Something off, but sure enough, man, on the run, like, so he ended up getting... To be the wrestling coach, too, straight, just, like, that's just uh, weird, you know? It is. Well, considering... But anyway... You know, the uniform that the that the kids wear. Yep. Wrestling, like... Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. And you're fucking grappling and wrestling around on the ground. I don't know. It's obviously wildly inappropriate. Actually, you know, I should say that. Wrestling's an awesome sport. Just roll around with dudes all you want. It's entertaining. They're oh, wicked dude. tough dudes. They're great. badasses, that's but, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. But but when you're a, a grown man with prior child diddling charges, uh yeah, you're a sicko. And there's obviously only one reason that guy was doing that, you know? Nope, agreed. It was uh, definitely the grooming tactic. So Josh, yeah. before we uh before we pepper you with some questions, let me ask you guys something since you got kids and whatnot. Did you guys see that uh picture for the Blue Jays who tweeted at United recently? I didn't. No, I did not. So so this guy 
tweeted at United and said, uh, you just made my 22-week pregnant wife traveling with a five-year-old and two-year-old get on her hands and knees to pick up a popcorn mess by my youngest daughter. Are you kidding me? Exclamation, question mark, exclamation, question mark. Interesting. Okay. So as as dudes with kids traveling, would I mean I think the dude's a fucking dick, dude. Your kids are making a fucking mess. And first of all, if you don't, if you think it's so dangerous to have a twenty-two year uh, week old woman flying, what the fuck's she doing on the plane in the first place? Yeah, she should clean up the fucking kids' mess. They fucking toss popcorn all over the fucking place. Yeah. Am I crazy? I don't. I mean, uh, it, it depends on the scenario, I guess. Like, I look if you're traveling with kids, it can be overwhelming, or whatever. I can kind of see both sides. Oh, of totally. It. I, I totally want, see her. I totally see her side. Yeah. Now, I 100% agree with you that if you're capable and you're not uh, encumbered by the other child running the muck or whatever, and trying to, I mean, just an apologetic look. I am so sorry about this. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't even know, you know how. Yeah, I don't know if she was rude. I don't know if she handled it very well. And the flight attendant was just kind of a dick. I mean, you'd think just like, hey, I'm gonna need help cleaning this mess up or whatever. You know. And by the way, you get a five year old. Just make the five year old kid do it. Well, the pick crazy up, thing is, up, they, they up. hire people specifically for cleaning up the plane that's, after you get. Off <laughs> oh, there. I know. That's the, well. That's a, that's the other component to this. Is like, bro, think about how much people like spill popcorn in a movie theater, and they're not. Nope. Oh, nope. Pick that oh, popcorn dude. up on your way out. Like people like, dude, eat a bag of dicks, dude. Your movie sucks. If you said um, if you said that to somebody walking with a half a bag of popcorn, they would have thrown it at yeah. you. Yeah, like Haha, fuck the only you. reason you can't throw it on an airplane is because you go to federal jail. You know that, like I guess, I, like, yeah. that's litter, assault on an airplane. On like a, you're going like a federal jail, or you know, getting federal charges or some shit. So like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I get it. Like I can see it, but at the same time, it's like I feel like. The flight attendant may have been having a bad day too, and, and in some of that aspect, because yeah, who knows? Like, I, I just just, just the whole. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I so can poorly. absolutely see both sides. Uh, I'm just thinking it, this. Well, obviously, this guy. Well, it's fucking dude. Look at the. It's just the day and age we live in too. Like the students are gonna tweet his issues on fucking line. Oh, Normally, this would not even be a thing in oh. in in like real world twenty years ago, but. Obviously, this dude is doing this for some sort of a fucking tension. What's he want a fucking free, uh, you know, like month pass to fly with United? I, I, I don't know. I don't even see the reason to put it out there like that either. But who fucking knows? Is he even like? Is he is he a well known pitcher? I mean, obviously he's a, he's a good ball player because he plays for the Blue Jays. You know, you don't make it to that level yeah. without being a pretty good ball player. But yeah, do you know who it was? This guy Anthony Bass. I haven't heard of him. I haven't heard of him either. So that it, that and I'm a. This was I'm, all over the news today, and I thought it would be. Uh, I, I would like. To, I was just trying to get see what you guys thought of it. I, I, it's definitely a. Uh, it's an interesting time. So on the airplane, dude. I I just flew to Utah last Wednesday, and um, dude. So we had a eight. We got an eight ten flight. We get there. We probably get there at seven o'clock at the airport. Get through. We only got. We've got one like carry on bag a piece get there and we're we're there like i don't know 45 minutes early before takeoff kind of deal actually through security like chilling so we go to the to the sky lounge delta sky lounge so we're getting breakfast having a couple of drinks hanging out head to the terminal uh get to the gate like 13 minutes before takeoff and we're, so we're getting ready to walk, walk on and the dude's like this dude's standing at the end he's like he's like uh he's like y'all late like we're like yeah, yeah running running a little close he's like he's like seats are gone we're like hey, yeah man he's like no nah, your seats are gone we're like what he's like 
yeah, your seats are gone. He's like, he's like, y'all late. He's like, your seats are gone. We're like, what, bro? What are you talking about, dude? Had Apparently, you checked in. Our, bro, we were already through. We're checked in and everything. Like, you, like, so not only were we checked in, but when you check into the Sky Lounge, you have to check your ticket again. So they know that you're, you're on the terminal right too. Like you're right. Yeah. So this dude legit says apparently Delta's policy, and I don't know how long this has been intact in, in there or instated, but at 15 minutes before takeoff, they can give your seats away. They can, they can, they can like reissue seats out. Well, um, I may have gotten somebody's seat at some point in my life. Well, my and, dad, my dad. Oh, you pilot, definitely did. Was a pilot <laughs> Delta yeah. For from 78 until he turned 65 or whatever. And so very frequently I would run down to the airport and I would hop on a flight when I was, when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those standby, those standby flights are the balls, huh? Oh, dude. I, I was 16. I'd run down to the airport. I had a buddy that lived in Pittsburgh. I run down to the airport on Friday afternoon. Hop on a flight, sit first class, fly to Pittsburgh. He picked me up at the airport, go hang out with him. I was dating a girl who lived in Pittsburgh That's dope. as a as a sophomore junior in high school. Uh That's and, fantastic. And so I would I would run down to the airport and then he would take me to the airport on Sunday morning. I'd fly back. Boom. That's sick. Like these are first class seats. Like we were just shot. We're like, bro, like what like first like we didn't get a page. We didn't get a call. We didn't hear it's like and it's 13, like, we're 13 minutes for So that means, like, within a two-minute window, you got rid of these tickets in an upgrade. And yeah, it's like, I did. Holy crap. But, like, I, I'll i be honest, man. I've never heard of that. Now, if we never So did you guys in, actually get bumped from the flight? Oh, dude, we got bumped. Bro. So it's now 8 o'clock. The next flight out wasn't until 3.30. We had to sit at the airport oh. for seven hours. Flying to Denver? Are you serious? Uh, to oh, to Utah. Oh, dude, I thought you were going to say that you eventually got on. on Oh, it's brutal. Without, like, losing the first-class ticket. Because they're like, oh, I can put you in economy right now. And it's like, there's a lot of money put on those tickets to sit back into economy. Yeah, yeah, that's not cool. The next seats available for us were were at 3.30, you know. Um, I was like, that? That It just blew my mind, man. Because I was like, and the the worst part about it was, and look, I understand it's, you know, what it is a job. The dude, his name is Frank, dude. Such an asshole about it. Like he wasn't even. Yeah, we had we had everything. We had boarding pass and tickets. No fucking. Like he he wasn't even like half. He's like, hey guys, sorry man. Like just policy, we do this. That he's like, y'all y'all late. Your seats are gone. This is and he's like folding the like the Uh, manifest paper. What was his name again? Frank. Frank. Yeah. Frank at gate. (laughs) Frank at gate B three. Fuck you. Yeah. I hope you stub your big toe so fucking hard. I, I would. I'm. I'm guessing Frank probably doesn't want to run into you outside in the real world, dude. I we were like, it was getting. It was starting to get heat. We had we had to walk away. I was like, bro, we're we're gonna go to jail. Yeah. Because it was starting to cause a scene. Like people down the at the other like gate. We're at the end, you know. So like, there's only that you know like we're at B three. So you had two and one around there, yeah. kind of in that circle. We're starting to get like the heads turning, looking because we're like the, we're getting loud. Like the fuck you mean they're gone, dude? He's, he's the clipboard commander. You just had to get another beer in the lounge, didn't you, there, Ralph? Fucking sky missed lounge. the old flight. Fucking sky lounge. So then, mm. funny enough, on the way back, we're like, all right, well, this shit ain't happening again. So we got a two, like a two thirty, no, two fifteen flight on the way back. So, so we you get there. We get there. Dude, you you we demanded get there. a Delta Sky Lounge employee boot you. Oh yeah, we're like, yeah, please, please I come and alert me. Flight. Please come and alert me. Dude, so we go back. Actually, you know, get there like an hour and a half early. So still hit the lounge, get drinks and some food. But then we leave early to make sure we make this flight. Get all the way down to the terminal. Fucking maintenance problem on the plane. 
So now, and it's already partially like loaded with like some of the bags. So they're unloading the bags. They've got to back this plane out, go get another plane. Break. So literally end up being like an over an hour delay on this one. I was like, go Sounds like your trip to Utah was awful. Dude, it was it was not ideal. They got well, you to the airport, didn't they? The Woo! actual travel portion sounds Mama. like it sucked. What were we doing in Utah? Uh, so uh, a buddy of mine, um, and myself and another guy's like he um, buddy owns a hockey team in Nashville and this is their inaugural season last year so they did really well um so the actual the USPHL has asked them to like kind of jump on with another team out in Provo Utah so we were flying out there to go see the um go see the arena that they're at we actually caught a a, a Utah Grizzlies hockey game they're a, I think they're a minor league team, so I went and watched their game, just kind of see some of the stuff they're doing there, but went out there to literally go see the arena, see what we're looking at as far as, like, setting stuff up and inside there for that uh, for that that junior team. Um, so it was a cool trip. It was just everything everything that we were going to do on the first day because we were supposed to land at, like, 10 o'clock, you know, Wednesday morning oh, in yeah. Utah. So it's like, There's boom, all... we can do this, boom, we can do this, we can do this, now we can chill. We can we eat, drink, watch the game, get up, take our time, get to the air. Nah, bro. Yeah. We got there, got to check into the hotel, get changed, go to this game, like finally got food, mm. then get up first thing in the morning. Now we're driving all the way to Provo. I mean, it wasn't crazy far, but it's just like a 40-minute ride. Yeah. Drive all the way out there, do that, like check that place out, then come all the way back across where we were at to go back to the airport to get there, you know, early and then catch mm. a damn hour, hour or so delay. So mm. that is what it is, but it was definitely – it seems like we spent more time on the plane and in the airport than we did in – actual salt lake so right you know what, what are you gonna do sounds about right <laughs> what are you gonna do it is a nice airport <laughs> i guess i mean it's not bad it's not bad i mean it's one of the just like well you know just like parts of delta i guess it depends on which which gate you're flying out of man you're flying out of <laughs> yeah. gate one man that's a walk <laughs> yeah. you're flying out of like you know high 20s man it's right there coming out the concourse yeah. dude it's pretty <laughs> um i always used to get the t gates like back yep. in the day you get oh, the t gates you don't even really like it's one stop yeah or you can right just to, get right to baggage little, yeah yeah so oh and then look just to, just to shit on the rest of this trip so as soon as we get off i think we got off at i think we were at a we got off at a or a or b gate and then fucking trains broke <laughs> we get on this damn thing dude and like the doors just keep opening and shutting and it's like the train systems experience like a diff, like a malfunction like please right. bear with us and then it's like and also like the doors would shut it wait like 10 seconds and then open and then shut and so like we did that twice we're like all right fuck this dude we're walking man walked it up like, it was you know it's like let's just put this one in the bag forget this ever happened kind of come back at it but yeah so uh josh tell us a little bit about yourself man branch what you what you were doing all right so um i uh like i said earlier i, I grew up here and graduated from high school in 1998 kind of didn't really know what my direction in life was going to be. I went I went to work for uh, a bank for about a year and a half, two years, and decided that was not going to work out. From like I was not going to be able to 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 do what I was doing and be fulfilled for my life. And um, I was like, you know what? My dad was in the Air Force. My my both of my grandfathers were in. I was like, I, I'll I'll join the military. And uh, decided I would join the Air Force as well. And, you know, it's funny. I have a lot of thoughts a lot of times, like, maybe the Air Force wasn't the right one for me. But at the same time, it was the easiest one. <laughs> so, uh, not that there's any... At least you acknowledge that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Look, I 
<laughs> I will tell you a Marine story here in a minute, but um, but I joined the Air Force. I I did uh, basically it was a six year contract. I did basically a year's worth of training. Uh, my AFSC was two E one seven four by the time I got out, um, which is at at that point it was called visual imagery and intrusion detection systems. So it had kind of like two career paths in the same AFSC. So it'd be kind of like if you were in uh, security forces in the Air Force, you might be law enforcement where you're a patrol cop, or you might be security where you work at the weapons weapon storage structure where okay. you monitor the security system and patrol that area or whatever. So <laughs> it was kind of like that. So there was the security side, which is where I was, and then there was the um, – broadcast tv and radio equipment maintenance side which is the guys that do all the maintenance at the afn studio all the uh, videography suite maintenance all that kind of stuff so most of the afn stuff is special duty you got to apply for and, and they got to pick you out of all the people that are applying and um it's more common that you would end up in a uh, security system side or you would end up in a videography suite where you were like doing preventive maintenance on cameras and vtrs and stuff yeah. like that so i got to work on the security system stuff which was way cooler in my opinion uh it was a lot more a lot more active i got to be out i got to in i got to be stationed at really cool places so uh after my training my training i did uh a portion of it at keesler air force base in biloxi mississippi which i i really liked biloxi mississippi because it was kind of like a taste of home being in the South, but also casinos and just, you know. Gambling, man. Yeah. So had a good time there. Uh, and then uh, I went TDY en route to my first duty station to the Defense Information School at Fort Meade in Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore. It's like right between D.C. and Baltimore. And so I was there for several months, you know, uh, six, eight months, which was pretty awesome. That's where I met my wife. Um she was a journalist, so there's where you learn all the TV and radio equipment maintenance stuff. And here's uh, here's the funny Marine story for you, is uh, we lived in in a, an Air Force detachment, and the Marine barracks was directly across the courtyard. There was a basketball court in between. And uh, first of all, two of the, the Marines there were some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my entire life, just so you know. Like, they were... They were gorgeous women. They were probably crazy as hell, but that's a given. Um, but the, so, <laughs> uh, it's they would walk by, and of course, everybody just was like, "Oh my gosh, dude! I cannot believe they were they they decided to join the Marines. They could have done so many other things with their life." But uh, we we received brand new furniture in our detachment. Uh, all our old furniture was worn out. Whatever, and I'll put that in air quotes. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so they take, we had to move it all. So we, Saturday morning, 0600, everybody up, everybody hit the drill pad, start grabbing, everybody go back in, start grabbing furniture and bringing that shit out. And so we bring it all out, all the stuff out of our dormitory and we set it on this drill pad and we go in to take the new stuff in and we come back out and all of a sudden half of the old furniture has disappeared. And by, like throughout the day, the furniture just keeps disappearing and we're like, dude, where is all this stuff going? And the Marines are coming out, and they're snagging. They're like, dude, we were using milk crates and shit. This is amazing. Hell yeah. Brand new furniture. <laughs> <laughs> so 
if that if that's not a good picture painted of like the difference between the way that the branches operate, uh-huh. you know, the Air Force gets yeah, we would have we me and Marty would have had that right in our room, dude. We would have been chilling. We had you know, so yeah, to kind of say on that, our barracks were we lived in some old old barracks out there in Lejeune, and uh, they would occasionally like each level had like this little center like lounge area, but like. Half of it was old equipment, like storage. Yeah, like there was nothing down there. Like probably used to be like pool tables and ping. And, but you know, Marines can't have anything nice. Oh yeah, you've got to or or anything even break it. yeah or anything even secondhand. You know, and and that's like okay because <laughs> they're gonna find a way to to destroy it. So all the all the furniture that was in there is just like old shitty eighties nineties like you know hotel furniture that's finally made its way to to the Marine barracks, but um. So At one point, man, they, they a chair a chair popped up, and I I remember walking in there and like there was like this little um, one chair. It was a dude. It was a single like it wasn't even it was a, it ended up being like a, a recliner, but it didn't look like a recliner. Right. It looked like just like a like almost like a like a, what they call it, like a Queen Anne, almost Victorian, a little bit like like a grandma longer, chair. Yeah, grandma chair. And so like I remember sitting on it, and like when I sat back, all of a sudden like it kind of moved, and I was like, oh. And I looked, oh, oh shit, there's a lever, bro. Like, and it, the lever was hidden on the inside mm-hmm. of the seat. You pull the lever back, boom, boom, this thing kicks straight back. And it laid flat. And I was like, yep. I was like, gone, dude. So I'm literally like, I picked this bitch up and just like hustle it straight back to our room, just snapped it right in the middle of the damn, right in the middle of our, I mean, there's no room in our barracks anyway. Right. So this thing <laughs> clearly became like an, in the middle of the way, uh, middle of the like. Where did you snag floor. that thing? That was from the uh, the center lounge, second second floor. Second floor center lounge. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where it came from. It literally because it wasn't always there. It was just there one day, and I I just happened to sit on it, and I was like, "Oh, that's gone." So, what did you guys do in the Marine Corps? Uh, we were in supply. Oh, okay, logistics. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we were in supply with First uh, Battalion, Eighth Marines. Okay. So you know, just always tactically acquiring stuff whenever yeah. whenever you can. Yeah. yeah. So and then being look. I, like I said, we were we were clearly pokes, but being in a grunt unit, it becomes even more like tactically acquiring because right. like grunts are ruthless. Right. Like they like they're they're sitting on milk crate. Yeah, dude, they're gonna take anything and everything they can get. Right. So if I didn't have that chair, someone else would have. Oh, it was only a sure. matter of time. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I said, I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but we snatched it, dude. To the point, like people made comments, man. Like we'd have, like you know, E seventy, like do room inspection. Like where the hell did this come from? Like oh, that's mine. Like yeah, but where did it come from? I, I, that's I had mine. Sent from home. That's mine. <laughs> like that's all they're getting. You know, and they're like, okay, you know, we can't prove me wrong. There's no serialized number on this thing. You know, yeah. Lord knows they didn't know that crap was in there. So. Yeah, just a nice big bulky chair in the middle, Even and then and then you and Kevin broke that thing, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you? So, Got me, bud. Uh, I think one of you guys broke. We went. We went on a workup. Like, can't have nothing. Nice. No, man. We went on like one of our two, three week workups, and like a couple of the guys were back. And I remember it came back. And boom! That bitch never climbed again. <laughs> I was like, well, we can go ahead and put this back in the damn back in the lounge room, man. <laughs> it's she's done. It was only good for lounge, man, because it was a perfect like you throw a cat nap yeah. in there because it went straight back. Yeah. So that was uh. What were you uh? What were your living conditions out there in Italy, buddy? Uh well when I originally got out there I was uh I was staying in a dormitory, you know my barracks whatever you want to call it, it was a dormitory I don't give a shit what you say it was a it was, was a one plus one Italy? suite like yeah you had a we had a an adjoining uh, bathroom and shared kitchen. bathroom yeah mm-hmm. um and so 
that's where I was staying originally. And then once my first wife and I got married, we uh, we lived in a small town called Atsano Decimo, which was is a cool little spot, nice little uh, gelato place, like two blocks away. We walked down the walk down the street, go eat some great gelato, gelato in Italy, dude. There's no dude. You can't get real gelato anywhere else, as far as I'm concerned. I've tried. So. Um, yeah, that food's next level. So at least you got to eat some good Italian food. We were still stuck in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Like you, <laughs> at least you can go off base, and and you and you're eating some of the best food in the world. Oh yeah, that must have been for sure fantastic. You yeah. know what? You know what was primo in in Jacksonville, North Carolina? Probably some barbecue. I'm guessing. No, oh, Logan's, Logan's Roadhouse, or, or Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> well, there was a Texas Roadhouse <laughs> in Italy. Too good, dude. That was, what? Yes. I so when I first got there, my my sponsor was like, Hey, uh the first night that I was there, they took me to this place. I forget the name of it, but if I ever go back, I'm gonna go there again because they, they make um ostrich. And if you've never had ostrich, it tastes kind of like beef. And it was so good. But like after at Texas Roadhouse in Italy? No, 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 no. That, that but the, the after the, the that was the first night that I was there it was a different place but uh that my sponsor at some point over the next few days was like you want to go to Texas Roadhouse and I was like uh yeah <laughs> and so it, it was like it was a haul from where we were at but yeah drive 45 minutes to an hour and there's a Texas Roadhouse over there in Italy and it's the only one that I know of that, but that was, is wild yeah, that's that's pretty damn hysterical. That it's we didn't go there footprint. much because yeah, that is the most shit, random you know? shit ever, isn't it? Yeah, like I could see an Olive Garden just because of yeah, right? Italy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know how funny, like Olive Garden just posted I, up in Italy, like "What's up, y'all?" And they're like, "I kind of want to try to open one over there oh now." Oh my god, that it's, would be it'd be the redheaded stepchild for sure. They're like, "Open a Pizza Hut, buddy." Yeah, they actually might have Pizza Hut. I don't know, but the base might for sure. Oh, the base has, uh, they have a pizza place, but it's it's Sabaro. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, one of the better ones. Yeah. They're going to have quick pizza. Um, they're going to have to dispatch. Sorry. Um, um, yeah, the, the, I will say the services at Aviano, dude, it was, it was a great place. I mean, the That's first cool. day that I got there, it was like super overcast and foggy and you, you couldn't. I mean, you couldn't see anything really because it was just raining and it was foggy. And so, got off of the 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 flight. The base was divided up into like three different sections. The barracks was in area two, and so they took me over to area two, put me in my room. Uh, it was pretty much the end of the day. Took me to the the um, the little BX place so I could get some essentials or whatever. Went went back to the room and just kind of got everything set up. And went to bed, and I woke up the next morning. It was sunny and it was clear. And I opened the door, and the freaking Dolomite Mountains are like right there. That's it. Like you're right at the base of the mountain, dude. It was it was really awesome. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. So, um, Aviano was a great place that I did I didn't appreciate as much as I should have while I was there for sure. So, and that's that's one thing I'll tell anybody that's listening that's thinking about joining the military. I'm telling you right now, you may hate it while you're there. Take a second to think about that. Once it's over, you're going to wish you were back doing it again. Well, yeah, just be glad you weren't stuck in Jacksonville, North Carolina. 
Well, that too. I mean, that, that's <laughs> the one. I, look, I, I say it on this con. I'm glad that I went because I, I I met guys like Sean and uh, a couple of our other buddies. So I'm glad that, that I was there to meet yeah. them. Yeah. But like, I'll be on, dude. I kind of wish I'd have gone to like San Diego because San Diego's San Diego the other big cool, like yeah. that would be a. Do- I mean, you're talking about surrounding areas like. There's no way in hell. I don't care how crazy liberal parts of that area are. There's no way in hell that the outside area that isn't in the, isn't twenty times better than what in Jacksonville, North Carolina was, man. Like, and that's just, the only thing that Jacksonville had going for it, which San Diego's got anyway too, I believe, is Jacksonville had a beach, so you could go to the beach and you could drive up and down the coast. Like, you had beach access fairly yeah. quick. That was the one true benefit. Outside safe, of that, it safe was, to say, San Diego has beaches, buddy. Yeah. yeah. So then there we go. Yeah. Like that. That's. So, I don't know. I mean, here's the funny thing. You guys, I'm sure you guys filled out a dream sheet of some sort, right? When you're. Uh yeah yeah, and they're exactly what what they call it. It's a dream. You you put down this. These are the places where your uh, career field works, and which ones do you want? You can get eight Conas and eight overseas. Pick out which ones you want. Mine had freaking Georgia, Florida, Mississippi. It had everywhere in the southeast. I didn't really want to go anywhere. That's not why I joined the Air Force. I, yeah. So, and I'm sitting, our our class in tech school, that's where we get our orders to our, uh, to our first duty station. There's like seven or eight of us. Two of them were reservists, so we weren't, they, they didn't, they were going back to wherever they were coming from, but, uh, all of them had Lake and Heath, Aviano, Enzerlich, Turkey, uh, all of those bases over over in Europe. I had none of those. I got Aviano, and the guy sitting next to me got Barksdale in, in uh, <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> he was like, what the hell? I was like, I don't know, but I'm not going there. <laughs> Look, they hit him with the whole, like, hey, we know you want it, so you're not getting it. Exactly. In the Marine Corps, it was <laughs> look, in the Marine Corps, it was like three options. It was East Coast, West Coast, Okinawa. Those are the three. That's what you that was like. What I would have chosen Okinawa probably. Now, if you went East Coast though, obviously it could be Jackson and, and job dependent. It could be Jacksonville, it could be Cherry Point, it could be DC. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's something up in Maine. There's, you know, Augusta. And and there, you know, and obviously there there's depending on the MOS, there's Marines and like Army bases, Air Force bases at certain spots, right. and things like that. You know, West Coast was similar. Like you put West Coast, but it was like Pendleton or or uh, Mojave or not Mojave Viper, Twenty Nine Palms, or you know, yeah. one, or even Hawaii. Hawaii was one of the West Coast ones, and then mm-hmm. and then Japan was pretty much Japan. I think there's a couple bases, but Japan was Japan. I thought Japan would be cool, but on the other talking to people that went, if you go to Japan as a boot, so fresh out of camp, go over there, you're on this weird restriction. So you're on this like red card restriction. So like. <laughs> Because you can't be trusted yet. Especially as Marines, yeah. Yeah. So they're, like, like up to a certain rank. So, like, and that's the other thing about the Marine Corps. Like, if you were a grunt and you're in, like, and you're in Okinawa, Mm -hmm. like, I don't, and and I can't, you know, I'm going to speak a little, you know, blindly on this. But it's, like, if you're an E3, now, you might be a three-year E3 because being a grunt, like, it's hard to pick up E4 because there's so many people in there. It's it's Mm -hmm. hard to get those numbers to actually get that, that, uh, that rank advancement. So, like, if you're an E3, like, you've got, like, an 11 o'clock restriction on nights. Like, you got to get to the gold pass or something like that, which is, like, certain NCOs and then, like, staff NCOs. And then, like, officers, they didn't, like, really care. You know, like, they could do whatever, come in whenever they wanted. But, like, there were passes, man, where, like, you couldn't leave the base. And I think when you first got there, 
you couldn't leave the base at all. And then your first restriction was like, you got to be back by like seven o'clock or eight o'clock. And then it jumped to like 11. And then like, <laughs> so it's like, that's how. Yeah, but and also was. you did. And even if you got out, you'd have like a week before someone did something fucking stupid. And oh, then you're yeah, on lockdown lock for a down. month yeah, or two or that whatever. Was, that was the only thing I was like, man. And then the other aspect is like, you know, trying to think smarter. I'm like, bro, it's not, you know, it's probably not cheap to fly from Japan to the U.S., no. Even through military hookups, as they want to call it, kind of deal, you know, yeah, like the space. Safe so, like, how how often will I come back to see my family? Because that's, a, I think, I think Japan's a minimum two years, if not a three year commitment. When you yeah. make that, when you make that duty station, yeah. So it's at least two, if not three years, like guaranteed. So, like, I'm thinking, man, and my parents are a little older too, so that kind of kicked into some of it. But I'm like, dude, that I might only come home three times while mm-hmm. I'm over there for three years. Like, I don't know if that if that's gonna be it. Like, it'd be cool to be there. Like that's a long time not to be able to do shit and then not be able to come home. Like, hey, I yeah. don't know, man. That's that's basically how it was for me. I was my my assignment was originally a two year. It was extended to three years once I got married because once you do join spouse, it was it was extended to a three year tour. And then uh we came home basically once a year, you know. So you you don't burn a whole lot of PTO while you're there. So that's or, a de- leave, that's a deployment, you know? man. That's uh, you know I mean, that yeah. was a deployment. Like, like you know, we were I mean, going seven seven months. A and deployment then... to freaking Italy is not that bad. You know what I'm saying? You can find stuff to do. No, that, well, you drive. You know, this is my other thing too with Japan is that like Japan is granted you can get to you know a couple spots while you're there. You can get down to you know like the Philippines or the Thailand or whatever. Like you can get up, but like, dude, Europe is your. I mean, there's trains that flow all oh, yeah. across. So it's like. <laughs> yeah, you might not be going home, but like I could be in France, I could be in Germany, I could be in in Spain. Like that's yeah. like that's a different, you know. Like yeah, I'm not going home, but I've seen all of Europe in this deployment. Like that would be cool. Yeah, so you could get up Saturday morning, ride over to the train station, hop on the train and drive it a 45 minute train ride to to Venice, or you know an hour train ride to Verona. Uh, I think it was probably about two hours on to to Florence. I mean, it was it was. Yeah, you can see all of Italy, man. Yeah, it's great. But the funny thing is, I was there for three years, and I never, I never went down to Rome. Of course, that's like a six-hour train ride or something like that. So yeah, that's a ride. I'll be honest. That's one of the. So I, I want to see Venice Mm -hmm. mainly just to see the waterways, man. That'd be cool. But I do want to see the. Don't go in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah, because it stinks. (laughs) Did you see it during COVID? No. So when everybody was out, they were showing the waterways. I don't know. Maybe this happens every year, and they just don't like. They showed the waterways in Venice when nobody was in it, and actually everything settled. Bro, it's it was like crystal clear. You could see straight to the bottom of it. Like it's incredible. <laughs> wow, now, interesting. Now look, I, hey, that could be AI doctoring these photos. That they were saying during COVID. That's the only time. <laughs> during COVID, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when everybody was like parked and not allowed. To, you know, and Europe was locked the fuck down. <laughs> With all the with yeah, all the they, everything every, all the, the yeah. sediment at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So I like, but it was oh, showing. Yeah. It's like you could see the bottom of the waterways. Like they're showing photos. I was like, that's that's yeah. pretty sick, man. That you must have been awesome. That's pretty that, sweet. Yeah, those canals and stuff. See that? Would, like I said, that would be that. I, I'd want to see that, but I I want to see the Colosseum, man. Like, cause that just blows me away to so, see like that. Str- I mean, I mean, how thousands of years ago, just grown men fighting each other to the oh, death. Yeah. And, that, and like, there's that's other sick, cities dude. that had them. Too. Oh so yeah, Arizona has one that's very similar. It's yeah. not not as big, but um, if if you're like me, I, I'm not a big fan of crowds. So like, I would try to go. I would try to go get on the train when it wasn't crowded. Yeah, you understood. know, I didn't want, dude. 
That's that operational the security right there. Don't mind touching strangers. Uh-huh. You know, standing shoulder to shoulder, like invading people's per- personal space. They don't mind that. And I had a big problem with it. It, was, it made me uncomfortable. Understood. So I would try to go when it was not super crowded. I would get on a super early train or whatever. So you're not using the New York subway system anytime soon. I mean, I I, I have, <laughs> but I prefer not to. Fair enough. So man. I actually, it's funny that you say that. My, my wife went to a conference in New York shortly after she and I, uh, she moved up to Atlanta, and. She took me with her, and so she was at this conference throughout the day, and and we were staying in Manhattan at the Soho Grand Hotel, and I was like, I could I could go get on the subway to go where I want to go, or I could just walk, and so I walked miles on Manhattan that 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 weekend. I was just like, screw it, I can I walk through the meatpacking district, which is like nobody around. Interesting. You, you just kind of walk around, and you just kind of see. See New York, and it, man, for I hate the city. Uh, I'm not a city boy. I don't. I don't. I I hate as much as where we live has grown. You yeah. know, like when I grew up here, Way Green Road was two lane. Yep. You know, and that <laughs> there wasn't anybody up here hardly. So for for it to be the way it is now, it is irritating. I mean, I, it takes me an hour and a half to get home every single day. Yep. And. I could do without it. So Look, I, I get that, man. I got some some intel right before our show today, and I was so like, I heard you're a, a bridge builder. <laughs> Is, can, can, I, and that's all I got on that. Can you want to enlighten on that at all? Or yeah, so uh, a mutual friend of ours, Alex D. Board, he's a great dude. Um, he and I have done a good bit of fishing. You know, well, he did a lot of fishing. I did a lot of learning. He schooled me for quite a while on on how to fish. He's finally kind of got me up to speed, I think. But um, he is, you know, Alex, he's a yeah. talker. Yep. He doesn't stop talking. And, and so he's always constantly on the boat telling stories, talking, jibber-jabbering. And I'm just sitting there listening. I'm quiet, and I don't have a whole lot to say. And <laughs> and I forget how it came up, but essentially he was at, he was telling me a story. And, and my response to that was, Alex, a man could build a thousand bridges. And suck one dick. And to the world, he is not a bridge builder. He's a cocksucker. And so now, whenever whenever I want to point out that he's kind of being a dick, I'll I'll call him a bridge builder. And so I'm guessing that's why he sent that message. For that's me. that's freaking hysterical. <laughs> and I can't take credit for that joke. I didn't write that joke. That came from a, a movie called Play It to the Bone with yep. uh, Woody Harrelson and the guy that played Zorro. I forget his name. Oh. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Antonio Banderas. Yeah. yeah. And and t- at one point in the movie, Antonio Banderas talks about uh, experimenting with other men, <laughs> and so Woody Harrelson hits him with that. <laughs> That's a classic Woody line, man. Yeah. That, and and you know what's yeah. funny? Like, if you just told me that Woody said it out of any context, I'd be like, I believe it. Like, he just seems like <laughs> yeah. he'd be the one that's yeah. made, like he was, he's used he's, that line in his life, yeah, probably regularly. He's, he's probably, oh yeah, he's definitely. Probably several people with that one, I would imagine. He's uh, a he's a character for sure. No, he is for sure, man. Um, I had a couple questions, man, that that kind of got brought up that kind of float around service. Um, let's see, I'm come popping up. Sorry for the uh, the mild dead air here. It's all good. 
So did you you guys had the same career field? Uh, so we were both in supply. I was in yeah. admin. He was in warehouse. So, okay. So so I was 30, 30 43, You were thirty fifty one. Mm-hmm. Is that what, yeah. So, it, so yep. when you're in supply in admin, are you like the admin for the what, what is it? I, I don't know how you guys' division. Ours was like squadron for the battalion. So we yeah. So um, so we were at first first battalion, eighth marines. So okay. like, we were literally so we were just eighth we were marines eighth marines. We, we were we were first battalion. Yeah. So it's okay. its own it's its own like entity. So you get you get eighth marine regiment, then you got first battalion, second battalion, third battalion of, and each one of those gotcha. is like individual too. So gotcha. Yeah. Um, so we, we ran supply and did supply for just the first battalion, eighth Marines. Um, so, so it was, so in admin though, you, you did supply for admin stuff or did you, you no, we were just we the were administrative part. So like literally he did warehouse. So like they house, like all the gear, everything that we had, they kept oh, that okay. in the back. They you. kept numbers stocked. Like they, they would issue out here, issue out there, keep this, like get stuff in, get stuff out. They did all that. Up front, like with the admin side, like we literally did the numbers aspect of it. So, like if it was serialized, like we kept the serialized numbers. We did the, do we had these things called CMRs, which is like centralized memorandum reports. Anyways, it was a full serialized, uh, like all each company. So in in first battalion, right. you had Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Weapons, and then headquarters. Okay. So you had five five sections or five companies right in there, and so. Each company, Alpha Company, had its own CMR. So everything serialized that Alpha Company owned. So when you got when you got down to your rifles and you had the rifle, the optic, the PEC fifteen, the PEC seventeen, the K bar, that this anything that had a serial number, right? Like it was, it we was kept up that. with that. Yeah. And so not only did was that that was just part of it, but then if you ordered stuff, like so one, so and in 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 that section of admin. You had, you know, fiscal. You had like um I wish I could remember the other like three, but so you had fiscal and you had like Dassive and you had, and these people like had different jobs, but like one of them was in charge of like ordering stuff. And like and if you had certain like NSN numbers, like national stock numbers, you could order it through the system mm-hmm. and you come through. If not, then it had to go out of system. That's usually where fiscal came into. I did I did the fiscal aspect uh, aspect part of it. Okay. Um so then you had like reports and stuff. So like it all kind of worked together, but it was different parts. But it's all you know, it's used together because if you ordered something through an NSN and now it had a serial number when I was hitting the CMR, so that was on their record. If it came back in the warehouse, they had to like actually like get it in, take note of it, make sure that we because we not only did uh, all these people have stuff, but like we had serialized stuff too. So like our warehouse was staying on top of that that stuff, and then issue like it it's. It sounds like a lot, like it is, but yeah. it isn't. It's more, it's more tedious than than anything. Yeah, you know, um, I, I don't know if Alex told you, but I, I'm actually in charge of the the warehouses in the state of Georgia for for ADT security. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay, so, I, so I've got some supply chain knowledge. There you go. Um, I'm sure it's very different, and probably our system is a little bit newer than the one that you got. Oh, for dude, sure, the worst. So I we couldn't. It's all papers. <laughs> it was you could not re, re like. There yeah. was not like the way they use this system. Like if you wanted to delete something, you had to go through like individually and delete everything. Like there was no there oh, was no God. key prompt to go through and delete. Like all right, delete all these at <laughs> once. Like you had to, and same thing with entering it. You couldn't yeah. enter you at had to one enter time. All of them. You had to enter it all at one time. So like it was all one. It was like line item. To, so to if, get, it's such a pain in the ass, dude. Private Smuckatelli loses a piece of equipment. He's fucked. First of all. Well, yeah, but but the. But, but then the workload that goes on that for you guys is you got to go through and re-enter that whole thing. 
depending on so like if it, obviously if it's one piece of equipment that's not bad and yeah. so and generally the company has to do all the work and it comes through us and we verify and kind of push through and make sure that that number's where it needs to be and, right. and issue to the right to the right person but it could be so when we when you go on deployment and come back from deployment when you take everything with you so obviously when you're leaving you find out you got to do each company has to come in and do a full CMR report like hey this is the person leaving so these are all our M4s. And, right. the, and you go number by number to see, all right, this is what we have. This is what we have for you. And you verify every number. Okay, boom, those are good. This is good. This, you go through serial number by serial number on everything, <clears throat> excuse me, to go on deployment. So whenever you leave, all those numbers go with you. So everybody, all those serial numbers leave with you to go to Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever it is, yeah. it goes with you. And then whatever's left, another – so generally with, with you know your regiment, so 8th Marine Regiment for us – when we deployed, usually two eight or three eight was going to be stationary. Right. So one of them would actually take over our our post account or our rear accounts. So they would have to keep all our gear kind of monitored, like check on, and probably do it. You know, every once in a while, I'll go through like you know monthly or every other month, do a check to make sure all that shit's there. So when we come back and they turn it back over, the report that we had when we left yeah. matches what they have when we get back. Right. And so once that happens, well, now we got to take all all the weapons that are off this report now, or all the serialized gear that is now off this report because we deployed with it, and now we got to put that shit back on our report. <laughs> and that's what, dude, th- those things were like weeks, dude. When you got oh, back dude. off the report, that was like a two, three, four-week process getting all the, those numbers back in. That sounds terrible. And you couldn't, you couldn't, like I said, you we tried, we thought we found a way to like fast load them. The mm-hmm. problem is when they fast load, it didn't load right, so then now you're missing, and like these things hit just a black hole somewhere and they're gone and now you got to find them and get them dude it was dude that shit sucked dude so did you guys deploy uh our unit while i was there deployed three times uh and, and you deployed with them, I, so. I did i did all three sean was on one of those deployments with me okay where did you go uh that one was al-assad uh iraq so i okay. we went to iraq twice and afghanistan okay followed up so he went I he and i were in um so al-assad iraq when you're in when you're in supply and you deploy, is it just constant? You're, I mean, I would imagine that you're constantly trying to get more shit. Like. Well, it 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 all of it depends on where you go. So we, it's, it's funny enough, we lucked out on our deployment. Our our deployment together ended up being. We weren't. We weren't significantly we might, well, we might as well have been in, in Verona, Italy. In Lejeune, we did. We might as well have been in. So we get to this place, and it's um. It's an old. It's, it's the old. You could have convinced me we were. Our, I loved it. Our lieutenant tried to screw. Oh, it was us. So great. They, they had trailers on yeah. this base, so like they had two man trailers. Yeah. So we were already going to try to shack up together if we could. Like once once they got it issued, um, our lieutenant tried to screw us because he was trying to get a trailer by himself. So he ended up telling them like, "Hey, my guys all stay at the office." And so we had this like kind of. It wasn't a big building by any means, but it was probably I had to throw a number on the full size of this whole building. It was probably a a. 2,000 square foot building, a front and a back. So we had an office side, had our yeah. mini warehouse side, and then we had yeah. this whole giant like warehouse lot that had um, uh, ISO containers and like six by six stuff like that were the locked Connex up and things and connexes. Like, yeah. yeah. So he's trying to screw us and, and put us on this in, in this warehouse and in, right. in, in this space. So like the front office actually had a little room set off with like bunk beds built into it. Mm-hmm. One of the guys who was um, one of our like head admin guys too. His office actually, he had just put a bed in the back of his office, so like his desk was in the front of it. Is all I mean, and, and like I say, it was literally as far as from me to that wall kind of deal. <laughs> so it was only like eight feet, yeah. but like his bed was on the back wall. 
little bit of room, and then his desk sat there, and then his door. You know, so <laughs> that they they scre- you know they they squeezed all the shit in. So Sean and I went and looked up front, and we're like, "Ain't no way in fucking hell I'm staying in this tight ass room because that the room that they put all this all like the bunk beds in was probably a 500 square foot room, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mm. And you're talking about putting six dudes, bunk beds, gear, everything loaded. And so we're like, "Nah, that ain't happening." So. In the warehouse, they had all these little what? What they call those little small boxes? You remember? No. But they had so they had the little small. They're like three no, by, I can't remember. Three by three by the three little mini con. Yeah, like, like yeah, stacked all the way up, dude. Just whole places just dusted out. So we we're like, we'll do something here, man. So we went through, moved all these things out, spent two or three days sweeping dust in the. Sh- I mean, you're talking, dude. There was legitimately probably an inch and a half, two inches of dust of sand, sand dust caked on the floor. I probably do. That's probably where all my damn like lung problems come from. It's getting that shit <laughs> yeah, out of here. So. But we swept all this shit out, cleaned this shit up like incredibly well, moved these boxes back, put a little walkway right in the center, dropped the tarp over it, threw two beds in the back. We end up finding a damn, uh, we found a, a 50 inch TV in the back, put that back there, a couch. So next thing you know, like we're turning, we got this back room that's now probably, I don't know, probably 500 square feet, too, in this warehouse that's yeah. just me and him. Yeah. Each one of us on either side we of the room. We had plenty of room. We had plenty of room. It was so a, worth it, buddy. Dude, the refrigerator AC. We went next door, talked to these uh, to the, to the AFN guys. They ran a cable, an AFN cable over to us. So now we had direct ca- cable coming in, went to, and got them to run Wi-Fi for us. So we had Wi-Fi. We had our own Wi-Fi. We had cable. 50-inch TV. Uh, uh, Somehow we got an Xbox or something, right? right? That was uh, Jan had it. J- Berg, Berg brought it. So he had it. So we hooked oh, that up. We, okay. had a, we had a X. No, it was a, I think it was a PlayStation. So everybody way. wanted to hang out at your oh, spot. Oh, dude. So then, I don't know, like two months later, we were talking these Navy CBs. And we're like, and, and Sean had met up with them. And he's like, you know, they were looking for ACs. And we had like 30 of them out there that they're unserialized. Like they're just in our lot. And like we're, we're going to eventually get rid of them. Right. So they're like, yeah, we're looking for a couple, uh, we're looking for a couple AC units. Like, what do you say you come in here and you build a wall for us and put a security door on this, on this room? And we get you, you know, four, five, six, whatever you need, AC units. They're <laughs> yeah. like, dude, next Done. next day, <laughs> next day they're out there. They dude build this. Oh, it was put this, awesome. Put this yeah, shit I up, think we gave them, we gave them a couple of little things. I think we gave them like a water jug and I think some knives. I think too. Like we so a couple we like them up. small things. Yeah, <laughs> hooked them up. Gerbers and shit wall, like dude. that. Our lieutenant comes in at one point and like he. <laughs> So he hadn't really seen it, you know, because he didn't give a shit about us. Like right. he was trying to live. It. Oh, by the way, he got fucked and ended up having to sleep in the room with another lieutenant anyway. So like his his little plan didn't work out. <laughs> oh, that was great. All he did was give another like higher. So as soon as he saw this pad, Josh, he was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and I think he tried to get us to stay. I think he then was like, "No," I'll said there here. was like a Connex box open for us to sleep in. We're like, "No, nah, we're not leaving, oh, dude." Oh, dude, he was. Trying I think to he get said something there. like, "I think he was trying to tell us that." Uh, yeah, I think he was box? trying to tell us that they needed us or wanted us to 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 go back to the Connex boxes or something. Well, he told we us, were like, like, dude, said, we are not moving from this fucking said, place. Not living, a fucking chance. He said, you guys are living better than the battalion commander right now. He's like, I don't, I don't know if we can have this. He's like, they're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get you over there. And we're like, sir, there ain't no fucking way in hell we're leaving this room. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. So, so he was a second lieutenant. He was a second at that time, wasn't he? He didn't pick up his first yet, did he? No, yeah, I think it was second. Yeah, still, still, still buttered. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, he 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 was like, "What the f-? dude?" I mean, because like I said, we pimped. The- so then in the front of this, 
of this wall, we now had we had our desk set out. It's right. so like we were going, dude. We were going to online school. Like we were literally taking classes online. We had this giant warehouse. We ended up we had a uh, we had this Gator like that we drove around. We yeah. had a a two and a half ton truck, and we made friends with the Army vets. Uh, literally the veterinarians next door. They had two F one fifties like brand new because it's Army. Yeah. And so we went and talked to this like this girl. We talked to her. dude. She let us use the F one. If they weren't using it, we could take the truck out whenever we yeah wanted. whenever we wanted. So like yeah, we're trying, dude, we're we were living the. I life. think the best part about this, Josh, is we had a lock on the inside of the door yeah. to this little warehouse we were in, yeah. and we yeah. literally cut a square into it. <laughs> it would open only the square to answer the, the door. door. We just open like so a little, my, a little two So we would never let our lieutenant in yeah. ever. We were like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "I need in there." We're like, no, there's nothing you need in there. Nope. You don't need anything. What is it? What do you need? We're not nope. wearing pants right now. Yeah. See you later. Sorry. <laughs> it was, it, dude, we, so this dude, like, look, a lieutenants are lieutenants sometimes. This dude was an absolute tool. Yeah. I will say this about him. He he did mean well at times, yeah. but he was, like, overly gung-ho about stuff. He was kind of, like, super, like, nerdy about certain things. And then, like, he was a kiss-ass to try to, like, help himself. Yeah, when the, but he did when mean well at times. Yeah. But dude, this dude, at at one point on this deployment, it got so bad. Like with him messing that, like he went and got like two different staff NCOs to like come and like rip in our ass because we were pretty much like, no, fuck off. <laughs> because like you fucked us, dude. Like you tried to fuck us, and all of a sudden like we made the best mm-hmm. out of what we got. But so you know he he was he was losing his mind on that, but. The best oh, they ripped our asses, oh, dude. And the best part about that is, too, they, they came up to us in the gym, and they go, hey, you, you know why we had to do that, right? I'm like, what? Like, yeah, we, we fucking, you know we had to yell at you, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. No, we get it. You know, <laughs> you got to fucking chew our asses or else the fucking lieutenant's going to throw a little fit. Yeah. It was, uh, that was a good deployment. So all that to come back to say to, to Al-Assad, we got to this, like, we didn't do anything except we were in full what they call retrograde. So we were pulling everything that we had on in that in that warehouse, mm-hmm. and so in that warehouse and in our lot, we were getting rid of it. Right. Uh, so it was literally it was it was getting reshipped to other parts of Iraq, mm-hmm. Afghanistan, or we were burning that shit. Really, bro. We probably burned well over a million dollars worth of shit. Hundred million dollars worth of shit. Jeez. Well, uh, yeah, well, like just stuff that's like, yeah. that, like they, they couldn't put it here. Well, no, it not burned, this... not burned, but but disposed of. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, between yeah. burning well, or just leaving there. It was, it, yeah, it was a fucking like ridiculous tru- you know, amount of shit that we, we just had, left. Stuff like that got sent obviously to other places. Right. Like certain serialized things, things got sent, used. but like my dude, my first deployment, man, we had a Connex full of uh, sappy plate. Like the actual plate, not the carriers, like the legitimate like bullet catchers, right? That that the army had ordered. I think I think it was the, the army uniform had had ordered them. You know, a month or you know months or a year, you know, ahead of time. Mm. We had it filled, dude. We went and burned them because they had no like there was no. <laughs> I guess there was no. They didn't know what to do with them because I I think they were outdating. Even though none of it had been used, they have a, do they have like an expiration date? Or? I don't, and that's what I don't know. And I, I and I think some of it was like reliability. They didn't know how good it was, but like you oh, know, yeah. going through them and looking at it, none. <laughs> so we would have to take bitter. these. We would take these things to the burn pit, and like mm-hmm. out on these trips, we would take them out to the burn pit. The burn pits out on Ramadi were run by local nationals, so we would drop these things off. They would, uh, they would, and not to mention when you're talking about a trywall, these things, mm-hmm. 
Bro, it's like 800 pounds or more. They were stupidly heavy, but these guys would unload it, throw it in. We'd have to sit there and watch, and them, watch burn them burn it. and make sure that they weren't stealing them, though. Right. So just just crazy, you know, on yeah. some of the shit. But that Al-Assad, man, like, we literally, our unit did over several hundred million dollars of full retrograde dermo, getting all this stuff. Like, I, you know, we got to. But do you know enough, if you guys though. weren't there watching, then that everybody in the area would have been wearing body oh, armor. been all over it, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is suck because like yeah. you, knew, you knew if you're on the sappy run, you're like, fuck, dude, I'm gonna be out there for like at least an hour and a half because I gotta watch it catch fire. Right. And once it catch fire, then it's like, all right, yeah, you can put it on. That thing's gonna, yeah, that's gonna eat one anyway, <laughs> bud. Take it later. You just had to watch it like catch up, you know. But it's yeah. like, God, dog, dude. Um, yeah, that shit was wild. But like, it's our 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 deployment, man, was it was a pretty good one. Like yeah. it it was definitely all we did was lift weights. Yeah, <laughs> dude, lift weights, ate well. Like dude. it was. The nature of what I did, I, very few of us ever that that even that I know of in my career field, very few of us ever deployed. And if we did, it was to do like QA or some other thing that was not our job because we weren't installing security systems downrange. Usually, they would use contractors for shit like that. Especially considering, oftentimes it would have been temporary. Our our security systems guarded priority level one weapons basically yeah you know the shit that if it goes on a plane everybody's fucked yeah you know so uh we didn't deploy we got to go live in cool places and there were times where we would work a lot you know like if you if something went down we were basically working on it until it was fixed so but for the most part it was cake. So you did work your balls off when you were actually working, but when you, had you got to, to do yeah. some really cool shit. Yeah. Fair enough. So my second my second You had to go to some station, cool places. Yeah. My second duty station was to Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas. Oh my god. That's <laughs> so, dangerous. Jeez, yeah. dude. Well, I mean, they can't send Marines there. They're when trying to see. They're trying to like you don't build a gambling money to problem gamble with that you, man. Away anyways, they're just they're but, trying though. They're sending oh, you to yeah. Biloxi, sending you to Nellis. Come oh, on, yeah. So um we actually worked in a in a weapons storage area that was geographically separate from the main base. You could get there by taking a road that that went from the main flight line area of the base and went all the way through to the weapons storage area, which was like, I don't know, a couple miles away, three or four miles away. Uh, there was also another gate that you could go to get there, but it was pretty geographically separated uh, and... It was a five-mile perimeter fence that inside there was like, you know, five rows of weapon storage structures, which are basically bunkers that they they have concrete and rebar, and then they have, you know, they're basically buried. Uh, so there's these weird, like, mounds that, yeah. that have these gigantic steel doors on them. But going out there, it's basically in the middle of the desert at that point. And so there's lots of critters and stuff. So one of the things that we would do is we would capture um, weapons. They radiate heat, so they draw they draw critters to them. So when you open the doors, they're like inside the door. There's like fifty black widow spiders, and they're like they're like radioactive black widow spiders. I mean, you you see black widow spiders here, and they're they're you know they're yeah. small. You'd see them there, and they would be twice the size that you'd see here. And so we would capture them and put them in a little terrarium, and then we would feed them lizards or crickets or whatever else we would find. Or sometimes we would catch a tarantula, and we would have the tarantula and the black widow do battle. Uh, usually, battle off, huh? What was that like? 
Well, generally the tarantula is one because they're so much bigger. Yeah. But uh, wind scorpions are bad out there too, so we would capture wind scorpions, and they were mostly just food for the other predator. Are those are those like the the little clear looking ones? Like kind the of, but clear? they're not actual scorpions. They're 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 more like a centipede or something. They're okay. Um, they're really aggressive, but they're not poisonous. Gotcha. So if they got bit by one of the other you know, spiders, then it was they were pretty much done for. But I think the the so you guys had you guys didn't have cockfights. You had fucking spider scorpion fights. Widow yeah. spider uh, widow fights out there. One night when I was coming through the uh, the ECP, there's there's three fences. Right, and so you come through, come through one gate, and then you got to walk through two other gates, and in between two of the gates was a, a sidewinder, rattlesnake, mm. and I we had become very very close with all the cops because we our office was inside that that weapon storage area, so we would go through just to get to work, and then during the day we would go do preventive maintenance on equipment or fix anything that was not working or whatever, so. Uh, I was walking through and I see this sidewinder and it, it was a baby. You know, I say baby. It was probably 18 inches long, maybe two feet. And so I was like, hey, hang on one second. And I opened my bag up and I dumped all my shit out. And I, I went over and I kind of coaxed this rattlesnake in, into my book bag and zipped it up real quick. And I took it up to the office and I was working a night shift. Like I was running a night shift for preventive maintenance so that we weren't out in the middle of the desert during the middle of the day working on uh microwave dishes and stuff like that in the middle of the summer heat mm. so <clears throat> so i get there and I, I i'm like guys check this out and i open the the book bag and i dump the snake into the terrarium and then close it up and they're like what the hell <laughs> they're like what are we supposed to do with this i was like i don't know we got to feed it something though i mean uh, they have to eat right so we would catch lizards and put lizards in there and uh one of the guys actually bought some mice from the pet store to feed to it like the they actually have mice that you can buy just for like little, snake little white ones mm -hmm. yeah was was this was this your mos dude sounds like you did a lot of this shit out there yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot spider of spider scorpion fights <laughs> catching rattlesnakes you know you know so, what's funny i guess it doesn't matter what the branch is man like if there's animals to like fuck around what you're gonna find them you ever oh, see yeah. you ever see a camel spider <laughs> no so i've only seen i've seen two and Weirdly, they're just like, and they, the ones I saw were not big. So, like, I, I mean, I think the biggest one I saw was probably in diameter, like, I, I length, and I don't know, like two fifty cent pieces, kind of total with legs and everything. Right. But the speed on it was what blew my mind because it like skirt, like it kind of freaked me out the first time. I was like, "What the, f you know?" Yeah. Blew me back, and I was like, "These, things, they're just creepy as shit." Look, I mean, you know, spiders are creepier anyway, but like, they're creepy as hell. Yeah. Um. So we found one of those, and we put it in a. Um, we put it in a box with a damn one of those little. I, we're in 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 Iraq, and one of those little like clear looking, clear brown looking scorpions yeah. found out there, and just watched them like kind of go at it for a minute. But and the camel spider ended up winning that one too. Like they're you know, and if you ever seen them, man, they're wild because they like crush their like they crush the, the the I guess the enemy or the other animal like with their right. like, these giant like pinchers they got up front. Yeah, and from what I'm I think I read like the pinchers have like a numbing. Thing on them, so like mm -hmm. they don't like realize, a yeah, neuro. So like they don't realize it, and like it just mm -hmm. sits there. And so like that's, I guess that's how like the I, I believe the the whole name of them is that like they would get on the underbellies of camels and get big enough that they would literally get in there and eat them and start like eating them, 
and the camels and wouldn't and, the, and getting bigger and bigger and the camels didn't know they're there because they didn't feel them. They're eating and all of a sudden like the camels would drop dead because the spider just eating from the inside eating out. from the inside out. Yeah, because they didn't know they're there. Golly. So I don't know how true that is because I don't you know I've seen some of the photos to show like how big some are and like some of them look doctored and maybe not like two yeah. guys holding like legs. I you know I don't know like how but you know the ones I saw like weren't that big, which makes you wonder like. If that's even a pot, if that's like an old wise yeah, tale or something, I don't but, know. But I'm sure you could do some research and find out. Could man, probably should have, but, but didn't know I, we we're going to get this route. But on the uh, on the rattlesnake thing, we found out about a, a week or so later that it was actually illegal to to have a, a poisonous rattlesnake as a pet. Yeah, so we we had to put it out. Well, generally, out. I think you yeah, you legitimately have to have licenses to yeah. own. Yeah, you know, that's so, like owning a monkey. Like you got to have a and, actual license. and being that like. <laughs> our office we had there was a there was a a little room in our building that was specifically for two of the security forces officers they were like the sensors ncos or whatever and so um being that we had cops in the building with us we felt like we were probably probably not so we just let the rattlesnake go so the, the, i guess this would be the big difference between probably the good most yeah between the marine corps and the air force is that in the marine corps you probably would have got njp'd They've been they they've just been we, looking oh yeah. to tear if anybody, somebody up. If anybody knew about it, but we were so we were so geographically separated. Oh, so you guys never got caught? Okay. Yeah, okay. no, no, we oh, never okay, got. Okay, okay. I mean, the, the, so the the censors NCOs who were the cops that that were in our building, they knew about it, but they were our buddies. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were part of our team basically. Gotcha. So they weren't going to say anything. But when somebody did come in and say, "Hey, I, I actually read that it's not legal for us to have the rattlesnake," I was like, "All right, well, let's get rid of it then." So how long did y'all have it for? About probably a week or two. Okay. Yeah. Long enough that it ate once or twice and then went on about its life. Fair we enough. Put it, we put it. I mean, we just took it outside the door. He, he probably came right back in the building. He's right hanging out, dude. You bit somebody <laughs> like, like four yeah. weeks later. Like, oh, sorry, bud. Like, well, <laughs> but there was all types of critters out there. It was weird how there would be so many, uh, like there, there was a coyote in there one night. But there's three fences that are like, you can't get through those fences. It, like, for a coyote to get in, it would set the alarm off. There's no way. Even a coyote could get through. I mean. Dude, they're wily. Wily E. Coyote, man. <laughs> for sure. I'm, maybe he had like a pogo stick. You know, he, he, had some, he had some acne. Some acne freaking <laughs> yeah. stuff getting his ass over or under, man. That's for sure. Yeah, like an acne rocket. Yeah, dude. Just plop it right in there, man. Yeah, but, they don't uh, do coyotes. Don't don't give a shit, man. Yeah. Um, shit, Before we roll out, man, I love... I got one question. Right, this, this one's pretty good, so and we'll, and we'll see if it kind of works for anybody here. It says, uh, how did your military training prepare you prepare you for civilian life, and what skills have you been able to transfer? Oh, I mean, that I think pretty much anybody that, that joins the military should be able to answer that as I learned a lot of discipline, yep. right? I mean, and I don't care... I don't care who you are. The things that I've experienced, this is just my personal opinion. If if anybody doesn't share my opinion, that's perfectly fine. You're not going to hurt my feelings. But Fuck off and send us a letter. <laughs> so I, I don't feel like you truly start to become an adult until you hit kind of like that mid-20s mark. Agreed. Um, and, and so those first few years, especially for those that joined straight out of high school, they're 18 years old, they still got – they still got almost a decade before they really start growing into like who they're going to be as an adult. Yeah. And some folks are even longer than that, you know, but the <laughs> discipline agree. of, of just, uh, how you go about living your everyday life, you know, making sure that you're, 
I mean, I still wake up at 4.30 in the morning, you know, that's, I, I do that now. And it's just part of like developing a routine. So that, that's, that's the one thing. And me in particular, my training led me into like what my career is now. Uh, and I've been with ADT uh, ever since I got out of the Air Force, working on security systems to going to installing residential security systems and working on them. And I'll tell you, the biggest thing that was a challenge for me was in the Air Force, when you're working on those security systems, you're part of a, a program called the Personnel Reliability Program, which is basically making sure that you're not somebody that we have to worry about being around these weapons, right? Yeah. So uh, you can't be taking any any medications that are on a certain list that that may alter your your state of mind. You you have to have decent credit. You got to have uh, no medical issues, no no psychological issues, and so you kind of it it hinders some of how you would normally operate. Um, and basically the big thing about that is you're never alone when you're working on these systems. You, there's, you always have to have a second person there. That second person has to ha also have knowledge of what you're doing. Like it couldn't be that you sent uh, a supply guy out to watch me do my thing, even though he might be on the PRP program. If he doesn't know how to fix a camera, he can't watch me fix a camera. Somebody else who knows that task has to be there. Gotcha. So as a kind of a checks and balance. And so transitioning out of that, you know, after I was done with my training with ADT, you're by yourself. The only person around is your customer, and they don't want anything to do with you, you know? Like, there's those that just follow you around the house, and that's just as bad as not wanting anything to do with me, you know? Like, it, there's no kind of middle ground. <laughs> like, Might be worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a major adjustment. And I, 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 there were times where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I need I need socialization of some and not even socialization but like there's there's got to be somebody for me able to bounce my ideas off of and but it didn't take too long before i started to develop some friendships alex deboard was one of those guys that you you know you start to develop friendships and we would contact each other throughout the day and back in the day we had nextel so it was like Doo -doo. the old like, shirt man yeah like uh and you'd chit chat back and forth throughout the day and it it eventually got easier but the biggest thing, like for in terms of training, and I think it goes for any branch of the service, there is that discipline. Like, you know, well, <laughs> you know how to. You're given a step by step for everything, yep. right? So you know how to break down a task and take it step by step. Do it by the numbers. Yeah. So like for us, we had technical orders. You went step one, uh, take out your tool bag. Step two, find the screwdriver. Step three jam it in your eye socket, whatever it is. So it it's it gives you an ability to kind of break those things down and 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 do things like you said by the numbers so that nothing seems like you're not able to accomplish it. Sure. You know? So there's some confidence that that grows with that. And then, you know, um I think the 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 other thing is like I said, like the the confidence of knowing that you can get through the hard things right I think that's one of the big ones yeah and i think and i don't care you guys can say whatever you want about the air force or the coast guard or the navy or or the army if you go to basic training they all suck Agreed. there's there's not one that's fun uh now there are some that are shorter there are some that maybe are less hard physically 
Uh, there's some that are probably more difficult psychologically, but it all depends on who that person is it's and whether they can the stick. System oh, for sure. Doesn't matter, doesn't I mean, matter where you go when you go from being, you know, when when there's a man standing in front of you screaming at you, telling you you're a piece of shit. You pretty much feel like a piece of shit. I don't care what what color your uniform is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, uh, it, feel like was, a piece of shit, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, stacked nope, the same height as you were before you wore that uniform. So, yeah. um, so yeah. it gives you that confidence to know that you can get through it. You know, you can Agreed. make you can make it to the other side of it. And and there's things that I'm sure that that I. There's a lot of guys that experienced significantly worse things than I did, and that's one of the regrets that I have, honestly, which sounds kind of stupid, is that I one of my regrets about not joining one of the other services is I could have done something, you know, be it on, on a deployment where somebody else may not have had to take that 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 seat. And there's people that can can absor- absorb some of those those horrific things and and compartmentalize it to a to a degree. I mean, it, it impacts guys across the board for sure. Mm-hmm. But for those of us that are comfortable behind a trigger, it's it's one of those things that I wish I could have been there for somebody that wasn't comfortable. You know what I mean? Understood. I I, I can tell you this much for sure. There are plenty plenty at least in the Marine Corps. There are plenty of Marines. That would have that would do a lot of things different. And oh yeah, joining sure. and joining the Air Force would have been one of them. A hundred percent. Um, and, and that's and, absolutely. And, and, and now I say this: look, there is a there there is a a, a cool just in person. I think I think there's a cool prestige that, that that comes with doing the Marine Corps. Just kind of the name, the title, like knowing that you, that you've got it, like that's there, and that's one of the coolest factors about it. And then you cut over into actual like being in a unit. And even even us, like I said, being in a Victor unit, we didn't get near the shit that that boots that are grunts get. Right. But having buddies that went to other units, we got dude. The shit we did was way different. Yeah. Um. And so, I just speaking in that context, there are guys that are like, dude, fuck this marine, like fuck yeah. this uniform, fuck yeah. that this, like, if I could get into the Air Force. And go do that because you know you stop by a couple of Air Force bases on the way to on to a deployment, they're and you're nice. like motherfucker, yeah, seriously. And they're like, yeah, it's a combat deployment. And you're like, son of a bitch, dude. <laughs> that dude's getting four beers tonight, yep, and making the same exact pay. As yeah, my my, my brother was was in the Air Force. I, I went and visited him in Alabama, which I thought would be like kind of a dump in Montgomery, but you know what? When you're an E2, you got a fucking queen size bed, full size fridge, yeah. bathroom to yourself. Ooh, man, I was like, dude, what? Yeah, dude, it's it's different. Yeah. Sean, you got you a, fucking lucky motherfucker. <laughs> Sean, you got an opinion on that question at all? What's that? Uh, the, the how did your military training prepare you for civilian life? Uh, what skills have you been able to transfer? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Josh pretty much nailed it. I mean, every kid, I mean, obviously, you know, the kids that get nothing out of it at all, yeah. not an even ounce of discipline. You just know that those those are the guys. Other than that, everyone takes out some sort of discipline that's going to make them a better civilian, a more, you know, 
just well-rounded human, really. I would agree. That's what the military gave me. No, I would agree. And I, and I, I mean, and you I, get to meet people from all over the world, uh, and especially, I mean, the United States, but if you get to travel, you know, like you did to Italy and whatnot, you get to meet all sorts of people out and about in such a, you know, huge time in your life, fucking 18, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. No, you, get to, you get all that experience that quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not just that, but the 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 friendships and the brotherhoods that you develop. And and it's frustrating because there are guys that um, if if I saw them today, it, I, I have no doubt it would be like it hasn't been almost 20 years. Yeah, you know, you like, never not seen them. Yeah. yeah. But um, but it's there's guys that if. I cannot find them. It's like they got out of the Air Force and they fell off the face of the earth. Yep. And like in today's day and age, that just doesn't happen. It's wild. You know what I mean? And so, um, but there's there's two in particular. So if they ever happen on this podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna say their names. Yeah, feel free. One, his name is Joshua Conley. He was a security forces guy at Aviano and just a great dude. He, we had a blast. He was he was a wild character. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Pete McCluskey, who was one of the airmen in my shop at Aviano. And uh, Josh is from upstate New York, and Pete is from near Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, yeah, imagine you'd never ever would have been friends with two dudes from you know Madison, Wisconsin. The, and, the funny you know. thing is, Pete, when he got to basic training, it was the first time he'd ever seen a black man in his life. I'm sure there's there's that's that's quite the damn. I bet that's I bet that's accurate. Yeah. yeah, I mean he grew up on a farm. I mean he he lived in a tiny little town. They farmed, they hunted, and they didn't go anywhere. They just yeah. that's all they did. That's small town living, man. So and, and sounds like the only reason I want to get a hold of him now is because I want to go hang out at his farm because I I want to get away from from all this all this craziness this crazy well Josh and Pete man if you ever if you ever uh, happen to catch this dude reach out we'll get get you guys <laughs> too, man. come on but now yeah we'll get it we'll get it we'll get it worked out we'll all come hang out at the farm but uh so I'll, I mean I'll jump on that real quick I, I mean I agree obviously the discipline's huge um I think the biggest thing is understanding that like you can finish a task like you said is is no matter how difficult it is I don't think anything that you're going to do civilian sector wise is going to be as difficult as some of the stuff you had to do while you were in. Yeah. So finishing the task is there. I'll be honest myself. Um, I am not a morning person. I was not a morning person in the military. <laughs> I was not a morning person getting out. Now I did the morning stuff because I was required to do it. Right. Like dragging my butt up at four or five, whatever in the morning to go PT, do that. Like, yeah, I took none of that it, early discipline away I, either, Marty. I took none of it. Dude, I, that's <laughs> the one spot. Like, I have just, I, it's funny. Like, I've always been a night owl. Yeah. My kid's a night owl. Like, this dude, dude, this dude's three years old and will not go to bed before 10 o'clock. <laughs> and I'm talking about we shut everything down and he'll just sit there and like babble and talk and roll over your dude. Like, he will not, like, it's just kind of like something. Whereas, like, my wife, my wife will. She'll actually. She'll go to bed early if she can, yeah, and she'll get up early. Like oh, yeah. she's always been that way. <laughs> I can do it because I know how to do it, and that's part of the discipline, the training. Like I can, if I got to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, dude, I hate that four thirty, five o'clock shit. Because <laughs> odds are, because I'm such a night owl, I'm <laughs> not going terrible. to like, I, like, and and this isn't. We probably didn't go to bed till fucking one, two in the morning. When well, we had to do that that, shit. that didn't help even, but even now, because like, just the way I'm wired, like. Even if I know I got, let's say I, I know I got to get up at four, four thirty in the morning. Yeah, 
Now, I know eventually if I, if I stuck, stuck on a schedule, it'd probably rotate. But, like, if I just had to do it, my brain's not wired. Like, I wouldn't go to bed till 11 o'clock. Right. So I'm still only getting, you know, get that, that four or five hours. <laughs> like, I could function because I, I got to do it. But, like, doesn't mean I'm not hating myself all you day. You force yourself. You, like, you are still an adult, Ralph. Yeah. Well, Adults look, wake I, up to alarms. We gotta, still have to do this. You got to do it. So, yeah. you know, that's, that, that's the one component I'll say that. As far as, like, my skill set, absolutely none of it has transitioned, which is comical enough because I'll never forget Supply was not my initial job to do. Right. I was trying to go into aviation electronics because my with Lockheed say so with, with a Lockheed being right here, I was like, dude, I could hopefully get that training, come mm. back, maybe go work for Lockheed, yeah, and be back home and 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 be doing well. And uh, so I was told I was and I was locked in for the last slot for that position. Yeah, on my on like my like my go to, I was like, all right, cool, let's roll it. Get to boot camp. I don't even, I don't remember what week it is. But like one of the like latter weeks in boot camp, they start to tell you like what your MOS is. Yeah. And they're like, Wilson, supply admin, 3043. And I'm like, well, no, nah, no, nah, nah, senior, that ain't right. <laughs> I got a question, hey, sir. Hey. Sir, this recruit has a question. <laughs> and um, so that all went down the drain. And then, you know, I'll never forget somebody telling me like, well, the dude that created FedEx is a, a former supply Marine. Like, yeah, odds are I'm not going out and creating the next FedEx. I mean, you got FedEx, UPS, UHL. Like, yeah, why would you? They're not going to create Amazon <laughs> now. Like, dude, like, yeah. I can't. Like, oh then, no, you that could have been you, Marty. Yeah, that yeah, could have been you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're going to be the next it FedEx. Could have been man. you if you had been in before the FedEx guy, though. Maybe you know. Maybe I just didn't apply myself, and I just should have just you know, WHL. I mean, man. what do you call it now? FedEx two. I guess two point <laughs> man. So I'll never forget someone saying, "I was like, fuck you." For that advice, that is yeah, awful. Like, like, I, that's not what I want to hear at this point in time. So, I, learning some of the like the the little technical stuff, I guess some of the fiscal aspects of like balancing, yeah, some of the fiscal components of that, like, and then running running that office. Like, I, we've talked earlier. Like, I'm not, you know, on some of the other podcasts. Like, I was never a, like an in your face screaming type of NCO, right? I most of the guys in our unit, like we talk, and most of the guys in our unit, or, like in our section, were this were, were this way, where it's like. If you were in charge, you kind of asked someone to do this, yeah. do something, but you were asking them with the intent of telling them. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm asking you because you're a grown man, now, so I'm going to treat you like a man. Like, hey, hey, I need you to do this, okay? Yeah. But I'm telling you to do it. So if I have to actually tell you again, then we're going to do, like, stupid shit at parade rest and knife hands and all that dumb shit because <laughs> now I'm probably getting my ass chewed out because something wasn't done. Right. So I, I, that's just, you know, I didn't operate where it's like there are other people that, as soon as they get a task to add, to, to task down, you they're, that stripe they're on, screaming man. and blah, 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 and it, mm-hmm. like that just wasn't me. So, um, but the fiscal component, I'd say like some of the balancing and understanding the money and concepts, like I'm, I'm guess I'm like keen on that. Like I, I kind of pay attention to that with how I spend and just making sure that everything's up here, like keeping account for this and that, which most people probably should anyway. So you're not overspending and pulling out, but yeah, that's the, that's probably the biggest thing I pulled. But I do think that, like you said, to touch on one more time, the, Knowing you can take a task, no matter what it is, how big or small, and finish it, regardless how much it sucks, like yeah. that's the part that that I think the military helps with because there's a lot of stupid shit that you got to do. Some of it easy, some of it hard, and you no matter it's got to be done. So it's going to get done. Yeah, and it just proves to you that it can be done. And you can either lace it up and do it, yeah, or you can drag your feet and do it, but it's going to get done regardless. So. Yeah. 
do it, finish it, be done with it, and and let's move on to the next one. Yeah, I think that that's the the sitting here and thinking about how difficult a task is going to be is just a waste of that time because yep. the task isn't getting easier. And matter of fact, it may be getting harder if you're, especially if you're up against a deadline, like trying to rethink ways to get around doing it the hard way. When if you just did it the hard way, it'd be over by now. Yep. You know, and I tell, so uh, prior to the position that I'm in now at ADT, I was a, a installation team manager. And I would tell my technicians very frequently, like, you're sitting here thinking about ways to get around running this wire because it, it's going to take a little bit of time or it's going to be difficult or you got to get in the attic or you got to get under the house or whatever. If you hadn't sat here and thought about it, you'd be it. done. Yep. You, it'd be over with, and then we wouldn't even be having a conversation. So, like, and I'll say one of those, you know, you're talking about someone on your stripe and, and automatically becoming the asshole, right? Well, I when I was in the Air Force, I, I don't feel like I was that way. I was, when I became an NCO, I was in a shop where I had already been there for, you know, a year and a half or so. So the guys knew me and they knew, they already looked at me as I was the only senior airman at the time. So they looked at me as the, the, the guy that was kind of, uh, one of the peer leaders, I guess you'd say. And so that transition was relatively easy for me, especially, I also feel like the airman leadership school is, is really solid. I think the air force does a good job with that. And I really took a lot of stuff away from that. But then when I became a, a manager at ADT, I, it's like I forgot that. And, like, one of my first things, I, there were difficult technicians. So uh, none of them are probably going to be listening to this, but the service technicians are whiny assholes, okay? And they've been around a long time. That's why they're in the service side. And one of them, one of them didn't want to hear what I have to say, had to say in, in a meeting. And I basically let him have it. I was like, look, dude, I'm the manager. You're not. So shut your mouth or leave. You know, and I didn't address it well, and I felt bad about it afterwards. Uh, and that that guy who is no longer an employee probably still hates my guts to this day. And I shouldn't have done it in that setting. But um, it is one of those those skills that you do actually. So you learn. had your uh, you had your you had your loud NCO moment. Yeah, you did it right there in the meeting. That's right, and it, and it was. It was definitely a learning experience for myself. Like I knew, I knew after the fact, I was like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. And the funny thing is the other manager, he didn't say a word to me about it. And he'd been around for quite a while. So he probably should have been like, man, you probably needed to back that down a, a, about five notches. Hey but, guys. So if you're a service tech, go ahead and direct uh, all, all calls and comments to uh, Josh at, um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, you can send them. I'm not the same guy. That no, it, so, it sounds like. Look, ago, if you're a service so. tech man, you know, sure. do your job. It, yeah. it all, everything, everything's going to suck at times, but do your job, and yeah. that comes, that comes back to it. Um, but man, I guess we got to get ready to roll out of here, man. We've been been rolling it for a minute here. Sean, did you catch the end of that 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 game? It looked pretty bad last I saw. Yep. Yeah, I could carry it away. We won by like. <laughs> We won't bite more than ten. I the last time I looked. Yeah, well, yeah, it was sloppy game. The either way, you down. it wasn't close. Next, oh yeah, next year, guys. Next year. I mean, there's always. It's gonna year. be a clean sweep. We're gonna get a little rest. No, I It'll look. Nice. Hey, I'll go ahead and take the bet right here. Hawks take at least one at home. Are you a Pats guy? <laughs> no way. No. 
You know it, buddy. Oh, he's oh. a pass guy. You oh, don't think so? Say. Hey, I'll take. I'll, we, we we throw we can throw a bill on it. Hawks take one at home. Oh, take one game. All right. Okay. That's that's a pure. I'll take that, Ralph. I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. There's, there's, your, there's your military oh, term go, for you. What's Pyrrhic, that? A Pyrrhic victory. Yeah. Well, look, I'll go if I got to go down there and freaking like <laughs> Tanya Harding, Jason Tatum, then I will. So don't you fucking worry about that. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, all right. Well, shit, man. Josh, I appreciate you joining us, man. It's man, been I appreciate great you guys conversation. Thanks, man. man. Love, love getting a little insight yeah. from you know different branch anytime different aspects, anytime so. anybody cancels on you hit me up I'll, dude I'll we will man we'll, we'll plan another one get it out there yeah sean are you got any uh parting words for us heading off to switzerland buddy yeah enjoy, tomorrow night enjoy that oh man we didn't even get into that i actually wanted to touch on that but uh we'll you know what we'll talk about that when you get back what you guys yeah, got yeah. on there so we'll, we'll touch on that that'll, that'll be cool is it is it debauchery or is it business business probably a little debauchery but business yeah Business, a little bit of traveling on my own a bit, which can lead to debauchery. Put that on the old on the old city tab there. Any any marine that travels anywhere for for pleasure, it's bound to be dangerous. Yeah, that's point. that's for sure. Yeah. Somebody's gonna get in trouble. Yeah, I'll get into some. So, yeah, he he's known he's known to wind up in a swamp by himself. So we'll see we'll see where <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see where Switzerland takes him, man. For our role, uh, man, I gotta yeah, give a little shout out, dude. Got a little shout out to Uncle Nears, 1856. Sipping on that again. It's it's nice with the uh with the with the Coors Yellow Jackets, man. That's the uh the banquets, bud. That's where I'm at tonight. So this is the inebriated debrief. So I gotta make sure I at least put a little little front out there. If anybody's listening from one of those, wanna give your boy <laughs> some assistance, however that might be, feel free. But um, guys, again, thank you for joining. Thank you for uh chatting it up with us. Yeah, Appreciate you guys checking out the episode, and uh, we'll see you uh in a week or so.